Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 106, The Trend Toward BEVs. I'll give some definitions here in a few minutes as far as uh, some of these different uh, uh, hieroglyphics that are coming up in regards to electric vehicles. But in any case, um, this one, again, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I, don't, I don't mean to, uh, <laughs> hopefully people uh, understand why I'm doing this as far as this particular one. I'm going to be reading from an article, okay? I will give credit certainly to the uh, author and so on and so forth, but it's well written. I couldn't say it any better. Uh, it is kind of the relatively latest news. So, but before that, just a real quick commercial. Um, I, 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 if you're so inclined, you're certainly uh, the, there's the opportunity to become a Patreon of my podcast and to help support it. Uh, if you want to check that out, go to Podbean.com, which is the main uh, publisher of this podcast. Uh, go to uh, search Brad's Brad Kyle's MotorWorks podcast. When you get to that uh, page, which is the main home page for all the podcasts that I do, uh, upper right-hand corner, you can see where it says Become a Patron. And uh, click on that. And, and uh, I'm asking for $5 a month. You can certainly do less. You can do more. Uh, it is a, you know, there's no, uh, you can do it month by month, whatever the case may be. The advantage, too, though, is that it does open up. There's some podcasts I've done in the past that I feel that if you apply the knowledge that I uh, you know, uh, talk about on those podcasts in your car life, so to speak, you could save yourself literally thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars over the life, over your life, as far as your, your car ownership life. Okay. And also help reduce some stress and, you know, car ownership experience and so on and so forth. So, uh, hopefully I, I think there's some value there. And, uh, so like I say, if you're, uh, I appreciate it, if you could help support the podcast and we go from there. So anyway, so the trend toward BEVs, um, this is actually from a, a technical trade magazine called Vehicle Service Pros. The author on it is Pete Meyer. Uh, this is dated January 28th of 2021. So it's uh, depending upon when you're listening to this, it's, it's pretty fresh information. So anyway, uh, here we go. Hybrid sales haven't exactly set the world on fire, so why are the big OEs investing so heavily in their EV programs with a renewed emphasis on BEVs? Even though hybrid vehicles have been on U.S. roads for 20 years, they only make up roughly 2.5% of the total vehicles in the U.S. fleet. And according to many consumer surveys, only a small percentage of current customers would opt for a hybrid or all-electric version of their favorite model if that option were offered. Why then are the big three investing so heavily in this market segment, especially with an eye on BEVs, which means battery electric vehicles? First, a definition, hybrid vehicles are defined as any vehicle that combines both an internal combustion engine, what's known as an ICE, internal combustion engine, and an electronic propulsion system. This covers everything from a mild hybrid using a small AC motor to allow for start stop-start functionality to full hybrids like the popular Toyota Prius. A further distinction is how the battery is charged. Can it be charged by the electrical grid or only by the operation of the ICE? 
those that can be plugged into a charging port are appropriately referred to as a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle, or what's also known as a PHEV. And finally, there is the only, excuse me, there is the electric-only vehicle or battery electric vehicle, in other words, BEV, like the Nissan Leaf, Chevrolet Bolt, or any of the Tesla models, just to cover a few. All use some form of high-voltage battery to supply power to the electric motor generator, what's known as the MGs. Many models use nickel-metal hydride battery packs, while others incorporate lithium-ion batteries, with Li batteries increasingly preferred by the OEs. Globally, there have been more than 17 million hybrid electric vehicles sold worldwide since their inception in 1997. Japan has the largest uh, world's largest hybrid electric vehicle population and has the world's highest hybrid market penetration with hybrids representing 19% of all passenger cars on the road. The U.S. ranks second with a cumulative sales of 5.4 million units, units since 1999 and Europe comes in third with 3 million. And, according to some sources, while the overall sales of hybrid vehicles have softened, PHEVs are relatively steady and BEVs are on the rise. For example, of the 1.6 million PHEV BEVs sold in the U.S. since 2010, more than 1 million were BEV. In this combined market segment, the U.S. comes in third, accounting for 20% of global sales, with Europe coming in at second at 25%. The leader, China accounting for more than 47% of sales with more than 95% of those sold by their domestic manufacturers. Referred to there as new energy vehicles, as, or NEVs, they are also way out in front when it comes to buses, light truck and commercial vehicles, and even medium heavy-duty trucks, all powered solely by battery. One reason, emissions. With gas prices relatively low in the U.S. when compared to other parts of the world, it is understandable why most American consumers are still so attached to their conventionally powered modes of transportation. But we must remember that U.S. manufacturers operate on a global scale, and the trend in that market appears to favor significant growth in demand for electric-only vehicles. One factor pushing the move to BEV is ever-increasingly stringent emissions standards and not just here in the U.S. Many European countries have enacted mandates calling for the phase-out of vehicles relying on fossil fuel for power as early as five years from now. According to a recent report from the International Council on Clean Transportation, Norway's 2025 target is the most ambitious for phasing out traditional combustion engine vehicles. The government's 2017 transport plan states that sales of passenger cars and light vans shall be zero emission from 2025 onward. Under the plan, preconditions are improvements in technological maturity in a way that zero emission vehicles would be competitive in relation to conventional vehicles. England is another country with phase-out plans. They've accelerated their proposed phase-out to 2035 from 2040. The government announced the new goal in February of 2020, revising policies to end the sale of new conventional gasoline and diesel cars, including new PHEVs and hybrid electric vehicles, or HEVs. Here in the U.S., California recently took action to do the same. The latest and most ambitious is an executive order issued by Governor, governor Gavin Newsom. 
Announced in September of 2020, the order requires that sales of all new passenger vehicles be zero emission by 2035. Earlier in the year, the California Air Resources Board passed a similar mandate impacting the medium and heavy-duty truck market. The rules, which take effect in 2024, will require at least 40% of all tractor trailers sold in California to be zero emission, powered by battery or hydrogen fuel cells, by 2035. For smaller trucks, including models like the Ford F-250, 55% of all sales would be zero emission by 2035. The standard is the toughest for delivery trucks and vans, with 75% of sales required to be zero emission by 2035. Finally, all truck sales in the state will be limited to zero emissions in 2045. And if you paid attention, what happens to the automotive industry is in California eventually makes its way to the rest of, to the, rest of the world. Another reason? Market factors. You can thank the New York Stock Exchange, too, for the move toward an EV future. The big three are publicly traded, and there is pressure from the market to keep up with the market trends. Tesla's market cap, or its worth as determined by the stock market, is more than the three big combined, a fact that doesn't make investors in these companies happy. Another market factor is the growth and demand in overseas markets. Chinese consumers, as an example, buy nearly three times the number of electric vehicles as U.S. consumers do with the markets expected to continue to grow. While the majority of sales are compact passenger vehicles built by the domestic manufacturer BAIC, a GM model, produced as a joint venture with two other companies, recently became the number one seller. It is also interesting to note that the majority of EVs sold in China are BEVs, with only five PHEVs offered in the country. As the world's mandates take hold, the market share for EVs can only rise and the big three want to be ready to claim their share. Yet another reason is the falling costs and improvements in battery technology, a huge hindrance in being able to offer entry-level vehicles at an affordable price that could also deliver the range most Americans want. GM, in partnership with LG Chem, revealed in March of 2020 that their battery development will drive their battery costs down to less than $100 per kilowatt hour. In 2019, battery prices averaged $156 per kilowatt hour, down from $1,100 per kilowatt hour in 2010. Okay. Batteries were very expensive. They still are, but they were really expensive years ago. Okay. They have increased vehicle range by increased battery capacity. GM's Altium batteries will offer battery capacities that range from 50 kilowatt hours to a massive 200 kilowatt hours. Compare that, compare that to the current Tesla 100 kilowatt hour battery fitted to the S and X models. The larger battery will be fitted to the 2022 Hummer EV and GM claims a 350 to 400 mile range from a single charge. Contributing to the lower cost is a reduction in the amount of cobalt used in the battery's manufacturer, about 70% less when compared with other EV batteries. Cobalt is a rare and expensive metal and crucial in the production of lithium batteries. GM has also developed a new charging technology. Most of their electric vehicles will have a standard operation vo operating voltage of 400 volts with a charging rate of 200 kilowatts but their trucks will be able to charge at 800 volts and 350 kilowatts. Attracting the American market. Americans have a love for pickups. 
whether the company is, excuse me, whether the economy is up or down or the price of gas is high or low, pickups are the leader in the sales of light-duty passenger vehicles. But that might change when the automakers start unveiling their new vision of the American pickup. Earlier this year, GM announced plans to convert their Detroit Hamtramck Assembly Center to a facility designed to produce EVs on a grand scale, pledging an investment of more than $2.2 billion. The facility was recently renamed, now known as Factory Zero, to further express GM's new commitment to their zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion vision of the future. Overall, GM is expected to invest more than $20 billion to bring 20 new EVs to market by 2023, and one of the first to roll off the assembly line will be the 2022 GMC Hummer. The Hummer is GM's answer to the Tesla Cybertruck and is nothing like the gas-guzzling Hummer you may remember, but it is a truck that should have put a grin on any pickup lover's face. When equipped with its top powertrain option, this monster claims up to a 1,000 horsepower, using three electric motors on a skateboard platform. GM claims an estimated range of 350 miles per charge. The Hummer EV also features removable roof panels, an optional adjustable air suspension, and a four-wheel steering feature that it allows it to crab sideways, that is, drive diagonally, a feature off-roaders are sure to take advantage of. Ford is also planning heavily on an EV future and will also attempt to convert some of their loyal F-150 owners by offering an EV version of this popular model. The Ford F-150 sells nearly 1 million units a year and buyers are already used to laying out $60,000 or more for a well-equipped model. If only 10% of the Ford's loyal following made that switch, that would mean sales of more than 100,000 units annually of the EV F-150. The 3.5-liter PowerBoost full-hybrid V6 powertrain offered in every trim level of the F-150 starting in the 2021 model year is a full-hybrid powertrain and the most powerful propulsion package in the line, delivering 430 horsepower and 570 pound-feet of torque. It has an EPA-estimated range of approximately 700 miles on a single tank of gas and will deliver a maximum 12,700 pounds towing capacity. The PowerBoost hybrid powertrain combines Ford's 3.5-liter EcoBoost engine and 10-speed select-shift automatic transmission with a 35-kilowatt, or 47-horsepower, electric motor integrated into the transmission. Power for the electric motor is provided by the 1.5-kilowatt lithium battery. The battery is packaged underneath the truck. Available ProPower onboard expands the F-150's capability by bringing generator levels of exportable power. ProPower onboard is available with a 2-kilowatt output of the 2.7-liter EcoBoost V6 and 5-liter V8, while the PowerBoost-equipped F-150 comes with a, st with a standard with a 2.4 kilowatts of output or an optional 7.2 kilowatts of output. Power is accessible through in-cabin outlets and up to four cargo bed-mounted 120-volt 20-amp outlets with a 240-volt 30-amp outlet on the 7.2-kilowatt version. The system even provides power on the move to charge tools in between jobs. So obviously they're setting this, these are my words, they're setting this up for it to be a, a, a good work truck with someone who's using, either needs power on site uh, or they need power to, you know, power up tools or to recharge their tools in between jobs. So um, interesting concept. Anyway, back to the article.
In response to these and other light truck offerings, even FCA sees Electric in the Future announcing last October that a Ram EV is coming. No details were offered at the time this article was written, but as Fiat Chrysler Automobile CEO Mike Manley said in their third quarter market report, I do see that there will be an electrified Ram pickup in the marketplace, and I would ask you to just to stay tuned for a little while, and we'll tell you exactly when that will be. Not just pickups. High-performance car fans won't have to wait long for an EV alternative either. Any, and considering the instant torque electric motors can provide, the driving experience should be an exhilarating one. First on the list is the 2021 Ford Mustang Mach-E. Ford assures Mustang aficionados that the EV model isn't here to replace the venerable Mustang, but to enhance the lineage and take it to the future. The top-of-the-line GT model promises 0-60 to 60 miles per hour in less than 3 seconds, delivered by an all-wheel drive powertrain powered by a 98.8 kilowatt-hour battery pack, producing 459 horsepower. The expected range on a signal charge is 235 miles. And what model is the Mustang's greatest nemesis? The Chevrolet Camaro, of course. While there have been no formal announcements yet of a coming Camaro EV, a GM video teasing their future lineup provided a brief glimpse of a silhouette remarkably close to the current Camaro body lines. And, like their Ram pickup peak, I wouldn't count out an offering from FCA on the future. For those of us hesitant to embrace EVs, this is really more for shop owners, but anyway... For those of us hesitant to replace EVs, rest assured that the gasoline and diesel power plants we know and love aren't going to disappear anytime soon. Even with the new proposals, the existing fleet will likely be left alone to die on its own accord. Even so, for those of, uh, of you in the first half of your automotive career, it may be time to master high-voltage systems so you'll be in a position to capture your own market share. So obviously that's talking about the future as far as, you know, those of us, I mean, like currently at this uh, recording. I'm 61 plus years old. Okay, so I'll be honest. I'm I'm not uh, because I'm working by myself. Uh, you know, as, as a, we've already heard in this podcast and other ones I've done about electric vehicles, they're typically powered by anywhere to from three to currently from three to six hundred volt batteries. Okay, and this is DC current. Okay, you do the wrong thing as as a person working on the car and you're dead okay so um personally because i work by myself I'm, i have no employees at my shop i'm not going to be working on any electric or hybrid bmws at all uh because there's just there's too much of a safety issue okay but that's not to say that i don't you know keep up with the technology i just simply am not going to be using it on a day-to-day -day basis as far as learning to and work on uh, electric or, or uh, hybrid BMWs. But, you know, especially people that are earlier on in their career as far as learning about cars and working on them, um, yeah, you better, uh, they need to be uh, properly trained and, and hopefully over time get experience with them because they are, they are a different animal. So hopefully this has uh, kind of educated you, brought you up to speed with some of the latest stuff as of January of 2021. Uh, obviously, cars, as we all know, are an ever-changing um, product. So, um, you know, there's always something new coming out, new technology, new styles, some models, accessories, options, whatever. So, it's an ever-changing world, for certainly for cars anyway. So, 
Appreciate you listening. Appreciate your time. Uh, as usual, if you want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, check out. I, I would appreciate uh, if somebody, if you uh, feel like you want to support the podcast and, and help out with training and so on and so forth. And, and like I mentioned, there are some definite uh, uh, good, uh, valuable knowledge at least I think so, in my opinion, uh, that, that are available to people who do uh, choose to support the podcast. And you can get some additional information through uh, previous podcasts I've done as far as, you know, learning to be able to save some money on your car repairs and car ownership. So appreciate your time. Appreciate your listening. I hope you have a fantastic day and a great tomorrow. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you. And thank you again.